All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to be talking to y'all again. Uh, let's get in and talk about 10 of the trending articles in the crypto news space. As always, you can find a link down in the description, which you can follow to read all these articles for yourself. Please do so. Always do your own research. But yeah, uh, hey, let's get into things then. So, uh, Kyber Network just made it so that way you can trade Litecoin on the good old Ethereum blockchain. So for those of you who don't know, the Kyber Network is a decentralized on-chain cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, they just listed the Ethereum-compatible PLTC token, which is a new cross-chain token developed by the P Tokens Project. According to the announcing the news to Cointelegraph on August the 3rd, Kyber Network says that PLTC tokens will be accessible through KyberSwap and other decentralized apps or dApps. So hey, cheers to you guys. That's pretty nice. But this news comes shortly after P Tokens launched PLTC token on the Ethereum mainnet on July the 29th. Similar to other P Tokens, PLTC token aims to unlock cross-chain DeFi. Uh, it's pegged to Litecoin at a one-to-one -one ratio, making the leg legacy asset fully compatible with Ethereum. So, pretty cool. Shane Hong marketing manager for the Kyber Network had to say that PLTC provides Litecoin holders a convenient way to explore the world of decentralized finance on Ethereum. Kyber is glad to help the Provable team support PLTC liquidity via our Fed price reserve. Uh, he then added that users can also trade PLTC against any other token supported by Kyber, including PBTC. So that's pretty nice. Um, Kyber's adding more support for more tokens. It'll only help their protocol, which uh, has been doing pretty well. I uh, got listed on Coinbase, I believe, if I do remember correctly. It's just had a pretty good couple of months. Uh, we've talked about it a few times on this channel. I think it's definitely a pretty good currency to keep an eye out on. I'm not being like, buy it, buy it, buy it. But definitely do your own research. And if you're kind of on the fence about it, it might be worth taking a risk. But again, not a financial advisor. I have no qualifications whatsoever. Do this at your own risk. So, uh, but yeah, that, so that's the Kyber news today. Good for them. Hopefully we start getting more of these P tokens listed with some uh, others. Uh, but hey, moving on to article number two, I do have a pretty big one for old ontology. It's partnered up with Google, specifically Google Cloud, but good for them. Um, I looked at cryptocurrency market cap and I didn't see like too much price movement. But this is more of an update to something that's already happened. So, well, this was posted up on oh, about uh, today, according to this article. It was on Tuesday that Ontology announced its acceptance as a Google Cloud partner. As a result of the partnership, they were able to leverage the Google ecosystem and have access to top-notch tools and tech. Their acceptance of three new Ontology projects, Google's acceptance, uh, shows that Ontology has developed innovations that will be integrated into the Google Cloud Computing System. This article kind of reads like Ontology, someone with Ontology paid them to write it, but hey, what do I know? So yeah, they've got several products and projects they're going to be integrating on Google. Um, first is going to be OGQ, and it's a leading social creator platform. Sure, whatever, why not? Uh, known globally for linking fans with content creators, um, and their solution will help protect copyright ownership of the contents. 
of these things. Eh. All right, not a bad goal. Uh, they're also going to have tech support for Kyune, which provides a quality logistics service and focuses on terminal end deliveries and urban transportation. So it will also advance the development of a user-friendly transport capacity model. Not bad. And then Lanexis, the other solution that Ontology is providing is a they're a specialty chemical company based in Germany, and the solution will be known as Dangerous Goods Delivery and utilize the benefits of blockchain technology or the Internet of Things. So, yeah, Google's also partnered up with iExec, um, another cryptocurrency, but hey, good for ontology. This article itself, like I said, it kind of reads as something someone slapped together because they wanted to post something. Uh, no offense to Mr. Uh, Abel just seems a little odd to me but hey good for ontology i hope to see more announcements on their work with uh, google it's a good thing for them not gonna lie Alrighty, well hey hopping on over let's talk about ripple so they're gonna have a banking app that'll be live by the end of the year it says alpha up here but then they talk about it being a beta release down in the down in the content so a little confused but hey so zoom or zum or some, I don't know, X-U-M-M. That's a banking application developed by XRPL is expected to complete the beta phase by the end of the year. See, alpha version, beta phase, I don't know. Uh, Ripple has financially supported the XRPL and XRP inventor, Weist Wind, to develop Zoom. Uh, in mid-July, Zoom released version 0.5.1 of its beta. Their bugs and features were fixed, and a massive update was done that put the application very close to a release version. Uh, for the remainder of 2020 and Q1 of 2021, Zoom development will take place under the hood while we work on features to be included in the Q1 or 2.0 release. The second major release of some will include more translations and a major addition, Zoom profiles. Good for them. Uh, of all the features that will be included in the next GUM updates is its via on and off ramps. Uh, this will allow consumers to use our ZUM app and one unified user interface and user experience with no matter how their funds are stored. Pretty cool. It'll let them auto-save, um, ergo, send 10% of all outgoing payments to your own savings account. That's nice. Auto-tipping or rewards to support a charity or providers automatically uh, on ledger subscriptions to advisory lists like the XRP forensics list to auto block incoming and outgoing transactions from and to scams no matter the used XRP ledger client well, that's cool and then light accounts so limited on ledger potentially non-custodial balances or tipping and spending so it really looks like they're trying to make this like a one-stop shop and definitely something that you can use to support creators of your choice in a way that you choose uh, the subscription or the auto-tipping reward sounds like, you know, how Twitch does their subscription service. You know, every month it automatically updates and you can, you know, support your favorite creators and they get a chunk of the change or you can, you know, tip them directly. Uh, but the subscription-based model definitely is popular among the Twitch streamers because, uh, one, it auto-renews, so people just kind of let it. Um, so really all they have to do is that convert that one sale and then hope that either A, you forget about it, or B, you just let it continue because you like them enough not to want to end supporting them. 
So we're able to have something similar to this, just will help creators in another way. So good on them. But all right, let's hop over to article number four and talk about old Garmin. So in case y'all didn't know, Cybergang Evil Corp demanded a $10 million ransom because they, uh, yeah, they, they locked their systems down. So Garmin may have paid some or all of the $10 million crypto ransom to hackers who managed to encrypt the firm's internal network and take down several of its services on July the 23rd. According to an August 1st report from Lawrence Abrams at Bleeping Computer, Garmin's IT department used a decryptor to regain access to workstations affected by the initial wasted locker ransomware attack. The malware took down the company's customer support, navigation services, and other online services, so essentially it destroyed them. So, yeah, they probably paid this. Anyways, so the malware using the hack has no known weaknesses in their encryption algorithm, and Garmin's script that they used to unlock it contains a timestamp of 7-25-2020, which indicates the ransom was paid either on the 24th or 25th of July, according to this report. Basically, what they're saying is because there's no real like flaw in this malware or no easy way to get around it for it to have been locked down on the 23rd and then back up on the 25th eh, they probably paid it because how in the world is some random IT guy going to be able to overcome a pretty robust malware in just two days so uh, Cointelegraph reported back on July 27th that the Russian cyber gang Evil Corp because of course oh God, uh, was responsible for extorting a $10 million crypto ransom from the Garmin from Garmin following the ransomware attack. But Evil Corp, just just call yourself Anarchy99 and go full triple X. Like, just whatever. Uh, Maxim Yakubitz, the leader of this cyber criminal gang, has previously been indicted by the U.S. Department of Justice in 2019. He is also listed on the FBI's most wanted list with a reward set for $5 million buckaroos, which is the highest amount offered for the arrest of a cyber criminal. Not too bad. Uh, the technology firm, so Garmin, their most recent tweet on July 27th stated that many of the systems and services affected by the recent outage, including Garmin Connect, are returning to operation. Uh, but because Evil Corp was officially sanctioned by the U.S. government back in 2019, Garmin could face sanctions of its own for admitting it sent any funds to the groups. They're probably going to be pretty coy about what exactly that they did, but there's only so much a publicly traded company can hide. There really is. So it'll come out one way or another. Um, any attempts to obscure what they did will just delay the inevitable, in my opinion. But... Yeah, oh, Evil Corp. Just, uh, just it sounds like like a B movie. <laughs> Not even a B movie. It's a little too on the nose. Like just like a home movie that a teenager would put together. But it, you know, who who am I to to criticize? Honestly. But all right, that does it for that article. Let's hop over and talk about this. Uh, so, community verified Oracle platform aims to better Chainlink's accuracy. They use this lovely picture of Chainlink. In fact, when I clicked on it, I thought it was a Chainlink article. So that might have been what they're trying to do. But let's get in and talk about this a little bit. So, Oracle platforms, which provide links between blockchain smart contracts and trusted sources of real-world data, are a crucial component of many decentralized finance or DeFi apps. The meteoric rise of Chainlink this year, one might be forgiven in thinking it has the market all sewn up. 
thing. But DeFi Focus Challenger DIA, or Decentralized Information Asset, claims that its community verified data points can improve on Chainlink's accuracy. So they're saying DIA sets out to democratize financial data, similar to what Wikipedia has done in the broader information space with regards to a central encyclopedia. This offers continuous incentives to deliver high quality data streams as well as to scrutinize and improve existing solutions. In contrast, Chainlink usually only takes prices from a few places, which can lead to some inaccuracies. See, this all of a sudden went from being some weird Chainlink article to being a weird almost um, promo <laughs> press release for uh, Dia. Not saying that's bad. I, competition is good for any market, so if they're developing these things, that will only push Chainlink to do better, which in the end will be best for it as a uh, coin. I wanted to say company, but that's not right. So, uh, Oracle platforms are pretty big news right now, uh, with value locked in DeFi platforms hitting more all-time highs. Uh, but Weber believes that this could go even further to become comparable with compatible or comparable with traditional financial markets. So the growth of Oracle systems will be strongly dependent on the growth of DeFi apps. Well, the growth of DeFi apps in turn will be strongly dependent on the level of quality and transparency that Oracle solutions offer. And Dia is stating that we can do it and we might be able to do it better than Chainlink. So that's a little uh, ballsy. I'll give them that. But what I will say is this. Chainlink is still the undisputed king of Oracle solutions. It has been on a meteoric rise this year, and I don't expect it to truly stop anytime soon. And any competition that Dia can provide will only serve to make Chainlink better. So those of you who are big uh, Link Marines, don't, don't be hating on Dia. There's mo more than enough room for multiple Oracle solutions, um, and it will help keep you from getting complacent. So... Alrighty. Oh, is that five articles already? We are moving today. All right. All right. Well, hey, let's hop on over to number six then. So, uh, The Economist ran a advertisement for the controversial crypto program Hex. So it was a half-page ad. Um, the founder of Hex claims it will go up in value in the future, a sign that the project might have uh, maybe a security and should have been registered as such. Oh, and the product project relies on a referral structure that rewards early investors, which you know is a worrying sign of you know pyramid scheme. So, I mean, so the Economist half-page ad, which claims that the price of Hex token rose 11,500 percent in 129 days, was spotted in the U.S. edition of this week's print issue. Um, it was posted up by good old Brad Mickelson. Uh, he's a marketing manager at eToro. Other users subsequently posted images of hex ads seen on London buses and black cabs and even at an English Premier League soccer game. Uh, hex has been met with a lot of suspicion, including mine, from many in the crypto space uh, who believe that it's just a quick get-rich scheme for founder Richard Hart for a variety of reasons. Um, first being, it's designed to reward those who acquire tokens early on, those who stake for longer, and those who refer others, otherwise known as uh, kind of a pyramid scheme. But the token's distribution, which was an airdrop to Bitcoin holders, created an instant user base of millions. A uh, similar claim to everything that Hex is doing, even though they did this airdrop, and they're now... Um, 
definitely pushing forward with this kind of scammy 11,500. A uh, similar claim was put forward by Carlos Matos, founder of BitConnect. Uh, if you are newer in the space and you do not know what BitConnect is, Google it. Watch some of them videos. Watch that man scream BitConnect! Um, it was all the rage for a hot minute. It rose in price and then unraveled and just exploded. It was a scam, straight up scam. So anytime you're you're watching or researching a new coin and it's it seems almost too good to be true and you can't wait to put your money in it, I would suggest watching the bit watching a BitConnect video. Um, let that bring you back down to earth and make your decision from that point on whether or not you should be buying whatever that cryptocurrency is. But yeah, um, I wish The Economist hadn't done this. In fact, a lot of, there's a lot of crypto, not true crypto bans, but like quasi, quasi bans like Facebook, Google, and YouTube technically won't allow you to run um, cryptocurrency ads on the platform. Though as we've seen with YouTube, plenty of scammers have figured out ways around that. So, not a perfect system, but they're doing that because of scammy things like this and the fact that the market is new. Believe me, I wish we could just advertise for Bitcoin a little bit more, not even just like price indicators or whatever, just like learn about Bitcoin. Go to this website, learn about Cardano. Go to this website, learn about this, learn about that. Like simple like informative ads like that, I think could be really cool, especially if like, uh, user funds did them because yeah that would help adoption which then would increase price without being scammy and forcing people to buy things instead just encouraging them to do their own research okay uh, so interestingly enough those of you might have seen that Bitcoin's futures briefly reached a hundred thousand dollars on Binance uh, but uh, not not naturally so after suffering from a failure in the platform's algorithm crypto exchange binance registered a bitcoin price of a hundred thousand dollars in the future contracts and they will cover losses from users who are affected from this while trading in ethereum derivatives so uh binance ceo cheng peng zhao uh, clarified that the rise to the referred price was an error in the exchange platform specifically in a user's algorithm that sent multiple orders that pushed Bitcoin futures past its all-time high. Zhao stated and shared the image below, basically showing Bitcoin hitting like 99, 99.99 or whatever. Uh, he stated, another day in crypto, we do have price band pr protection, but a user's something went ballistic and sent multiple orders to achieve this. We will likely have to adjust the chart a bit so that it's readable in the future. Yeah, it looks like it's 99.76 something which is kind of crazy. So as Bitcoin futures uses the market price in reference in liquidations and calculations of unrealized uh, NPL, the 99.964 USD wick and other extreme price movements during this period did not cause any liquidations in user positions. In fact, uh, there were no records of anyone losing anything due to this um, as far as Bitcoin is concerned. So not too bad. <laughs> 
Uh, by contrast, they do report failures for other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum. The exchange reported a large fluctuation of the ETH-USDT perpetual contract and a delay in calculating the underlying perpetual position. Uh, although the failure was resolved according to Binance, affected users who traded with the ETH down token will be compensated. So that's good on them. They're not just saying, oh, bad sucks for you. You're out of luck. Man, we're going we're gonna to wipe our hands of this and move on. They're going to actually help out the users. And I think that's good on them since it's something that was clearly a result of a glitch in their system. So um, uh, reactions in the crypto community have varied. Uh, some have you know, made jokes. My favorite was the one they posted, which was, oh man, Bitcoin to 100K and none of us got to take part in it. Scammed again. Just makes me chuckle. It's a pretty bad joke, but hey, I'm almost a dad, so uh, bad jokes are going to start to make me laugh. It's part of my transformation and my metamorphosis. So uh, let's hop over here and talk about uh, Litecoin, posted up here pretty recently. Uh, so Mimblewimble is possibly coming this month. Uh, it's a known fact that any update or new development for cryptocurrencies can be linked with the rise in prices. Uh, the Litecoin community, though, is viewing the Mimblewimble testnet launch as a rival of lost glory for Litecoin after a series of setbacks. Yeah, I mean, so this news is expected to generate much needed confidence and trust in the Litecoin cryptocurrency. I don't know if we'll go, like, much needed. Like, I trust Litecoin. It just doesn't excite me as a protocol. Like, it's a good solid protocol it is the silver to bitcoin's gold but it's boring but that's all it is so um so if litecoin implements the mimble wimble protocol there'll be no need for addresses on the blockchain and hence the network's data storing capacity can be improved multifold uh, means litecoin can be more scalable faster and less centralized and mimble wimble will bring back anonymity to the blockchain and more private transactions can be made uh, in the proposed architecture, a general UTXO model of input and output in Bitcoin is replaced with a multi-signature known as confidential transactions. And then third, uh, most importantly, Mimblewimble provides a cut-through mechanism to boost the scalability of the network by removing part of information from blocks that is not necessary to be stored in their chain. This information is eliminated without any posing posing any threats to security of the network. So they're trying to use this to make, you know, Mimblewimble is going to be like a multiple um, front attack to just kind of cut out unnecessary information, which is good. Um, if, you know, that's the type of thing that, you know, you see a lot in businesses. When you start something up, you think you're going to use this all the time. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. And then six months down the road you're like oh we don't even we're paying like x amount of dollars for this monitoring software and we're not even using a third of its potential so then the question becomes and is then research do we start using this data and how do we or if it truly is unnecessary how can we cut it out and save ourselves some money and save ourselves some time so good on litecoin for figuring that out it seems like Mimblewimble is going to be coming in the next month or two. At least that's how this article and other articles I was reading um, made it seem. You know, at least the testnet. So that'd be pretty cool. But hey, let's hop over and talk about everyone's favorite, the Twitter hack. Oh, yes. So the alleged 17-year-old Twitter hacker uh, who's accused of doing this on the 15th of July to provide a fake Bitcoin giveaway, uh, he reportedly owns over $3 million worth of Bitcoin, according to his attorney. Uh, David 
Weisbrod. Broad. So Weisbrod denied the claim, arguing that last year Clark was the subject of a criminal investigation that saw authorities seize 400 Bitcoin and 15K in cash from him. Prosecutors denied to charge Clark, however, and returned the cash and 300 Bitcoin to him. Why they returned 300 and not 400? I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, they're trying to argue that $300, 300 Bitcoin was um, also gained illegally, but Weisbrod provided us like, no, 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 no. They gave that back to him and they didn't charge him. So they set Clark's bail at $725,000, which technically he can't afford given his Bitcoin holdings, but I doubt that he will. Uh, authorities are saying that he was the mastermind behind this Twitter attack that two other individuals, 19-year-old UK resident Mason Shepard and 22-year-old Florida resident Nima Fazili, reportedly recruited as proxies to manipulate Twitter employees into giving up access to the firm's internal systems, which was done through a pretty, pretty uh, sophisticated spear phishing attack. So they targeted specific people and worked them until they got what they wanted. So yeah. Um, pretty interesting to see that this kid was already, he's seven, he had $3.3 million worth of Bitcoin at 17. Like, I feel like it was gained illegally, but they can't prove it. So they had to give it back to him. But anyways, you got $3.3 million in Bitcoin that was given back to you because they couldn't charge you. Why are you doing more? $3.3 million. You can buy like a moderately priced, decent sized home and just like, you don't have to worry. <laughs> like you can get yourself a, you know, a low stress, decent paying job and just kind of not worry. Like if I had $3.3 million, that's all I'd do. I'd be working some $12 an hour office gig and just kind of chilling and being like, yeah, I got my house paid off. I don't need to make a lot of money. I got all this stuff sitting in these retirement accounts that's going to, you know, grow by 5 to 7% over the next 30 years while I work. If I need anything, I can take it. I just, I do not understand it. You gotta... But hey, enough of me waxing and waning over the stupidity of a 17-year-old. What in the world am I going to expect? He's 17. Let's move on and talk about uh, Ethereum 2.0 for article number 10 to wrap things up. So for those of you who don't know, there are Medallia testnet is expected tomorrow. Um, this will be the final testnet before phase zero's release based on what they've told us. So Ethereum prices hit a two-year peak of $410 over there on Sunday, which, you know, then we had that nice little pew. But it's been sitting in a pretty good trading channel. Um, it's the highest it was since August of 2018. Uh, a couple months before massive capitulation sent you back, sent them back to double digits. But yeah, but then it kind of, you know, it's been doing okay. For Ethereum, the crash sent prices back to the 200-hour moving average when it had that big, like, crypto market drop, like, billions of dollars in 15 minutes because some random liquidation cascade happened. But hey, Ethereum's momentum has no doubt been driven by the launch of this final public testnet for phase zero on the beacon chain according to ethereum project developer terence sow the genesis state has been achieved with over 200,000 validators and the time is set for 1300 utc in october october august the 4th 
So Ethereum researcher Ben Edgerton recently posted an update to the beacon chain genesis process, which has been achieved within parameters. Uh, they needed 16,348 validators to be staking uh, 32 Ethereum, which they hit They hit 20, as we already said, so it's a go. Uh, Medallia is a simulation. It does not make use of any real Ethereum tokens, but instead uses Goeri Testnet ETH, or GoETH, tokens that generate simulated staking rewards of no real value. So they're definitely moving. I'm so happy for Ethereum. I'm glad it's doing something. This is the type of thing that's going to help the market explode. I would love to see a 3K Ethereum at the end of this next massive bull run. But if they can get, you know, and then once staking goes live, all bets are off. All bets are off. But hey, so that was 10 of the trending articles in the crypto news space. Thank you for making it this far. Please subscribe if you have, because, I mean, come on. I do this pretty much every day, and I have a lot of fun doing it. So uh, let's talk about top 10 in the crypto space. Jeez. Ethereum's up another 7.6%. Uh, XRP is up 10.43% on the day. Bitcoin Cash is up 3, SV's up 1.86, Litecoin's up 3.23, Cardano's up 2.26. It definitely had the biggest uh, out of many of them. Uh, Bitcoin's up 9.29%, Crypto.com points up. So everything's in the green. Uh, however, weirdly, though every single one of the top 10, you can see the massive, well in some cases not so massive, but the cliffs that all formed around the same time on Saturday. Uh, top 20 is also pretty green. There's only only UNS SED LEO is down by like less than half a percent, so it's barely even down in my opinion. But yeah, no, the top 20 is pretty green across the board. Chainlink at 845, which we talked about earlier. Uh, yeah, so that will do it for today. Do appreciate all those of you who are listening. Believe me, you help make my day go better and I do appreciate it so I'll talk to y'all tomorrow peace